0: the question a podcast that exists at the intersection of pop culture and academia we sit down and talk about our favorite stuff through the lenses of what we do and who we are from pannoni honors college drexel university dr melinda lewis here i'm your host Hey, everybody. I'm here with Paul Moranz Cohen, Dean of Pannoni Honors College and Distinguished Professor of English here at Drexel University. And we're here to talk about mysterious loves of ours, Perry Mason and Columbo. Are you ready to dive into some popular mysteries?
1: I can't wait. (laughs) You love Perry Mason. I love Columbo. I can't remember if you love Columbo. I like Columbo, but not as much as Perry Mason. And let's make clear it's the Perry Mason of old. Yes, not the current. Not the current reincarnation of Perry Mason.
0: Did you grow up with Perry Mason or did you discover Perry Mason later in like
1: reruns? I think later. I did see a few growing up, it Mm -hmm. seems to me, but it didn't hold me the way it did when I came upon him in reruns during the pandemic. Oh, okay. And then I found him infinitely soothing.
0: Really? What was it about, is it him that is soothing or the like narrative structure that is soothing or maybe both?
1: both. Now, this series started in the late 50s mm-hmm. when Raymond Burr was svelte. But also formidable. Like, Still formidable. Yeah, he's yes. like seven feet tall. Well, I didn't know that he, I felt that he was that tall. He just seemed sort of sphinx-like. Yeah. Quite handsome, but not in a domineering way. He had a godlike benign presence. Mm-hmm. But I like that young Perry Mason quite a bit. And the people around him who made up his team, which included Della Street, who is just absolutely the most cheerful and delightful person (laughs) and has nice outfits, Mm -hmm. and Paul Drake, the private detective who always comes in through the back door when Mm -hmm. needed, always available, who's very tall, and I guess is supposed to be sort of a hunk, and says (laughs) "Hi," hi, beautiful, to Della when he comes in, and that threesome is very just comforting for me. Were you surprised when you found I didn't do it?
2: Of course not, Mrs. Adrian. I knew that all along. You just weren't the type. And who is the type, pray tell?
1: Oh, that's easy, Paul. Anyone who is not represented by Perry Mason. And of course, Perry Mason always wins his cases and always seems to know things that other people don't.
0: Is that part of the comforting, is that he will always run, figure it out, and also he
1: just knows. He knows yeah. because the th- interesting thing is he'll take the client because he thinks the client is innocent mm-hmm. and the client who comes to him is always innocent, mm-hmm. although he appears extremely guilty. And it gets worse and worse as an yes. episode gets going where he's like, come on, real like, yeah, I'm still taking this case. But, you know, I realize it's the opposite with Columbo where Columbo... It's always he's finding the guilty party who often mm-hmm. seems innocent. Yes. But he knows that. And it's a and very similar in the same way that he knows who
0: the guilty person is he's just trying to get them to confess. Yes. Whereas Perry Mason knows the person is innocent and is trying to get them exonerated slash get the other person Person to to confess confess in the courtroom. Right, right. Or is completely embarrassed by a Perry Mason question and they like just freeze and crumble (laughs) and cry to have a very dramatic moment.
2: No. No, what are you talking about? The killer accidentally overheard Thompson's phone call to Vivian Ames, a phone call setting up a perfect alibi for him. So he opened the door, went in, and then he killed Ned Thompson. No, no, I didn't do those things! I didn't kill Ned Thompson! And you didn't plant Fallon's note in the no, pocket. No, no! No, Mr. Nichols. You didn't kill Thompson. But you did, Mr. Wells.
1: So I'm wondering, in Perry Mason, he gives a certain kind of look when you know that he knows and that he's thinking. There's one episode where he says, did you do this? And she says, no. And then he takes the case. You know, that's enough. (laughs) The structures are inverted.
0: so with Perry Mason you don't know who did it until it's revealed like you know that there's been a crime at the beginning and you know some of the people who will be involved as like the MacGuffins and stuff like that but you don't know until the very end when Perry Mason's like yep you did it and here's the cigarette that proves it whereas Columbo you witness it I think there's maybe one episode or two episodes where it's a true mystery. And then Columbo comes in and seems to know immediately who did it. But you know he knows where he, yeah. like, asks the follow-up, like, one more thing. Yeah. yeah. One more yeah. thing. Yeah. I and love that. And then you know, like, yes, he's got it. He yes. knows what's going to happen.
2: Uh, one more thing, sir. I almost forgot. Uh, one more thing that I wanted to check on. Probably not important. Yeah. Um, that phone call that Deschler made the morning after your wife was taken, we checked on that. And the call was definitely made by Deschler from his motel room. Yes, Lieutenant.
1: You already know, but you want to follow the procedure by which Columbo comes to that understanding and can give evidence to the fact that that person is yes. guilty. Whereas in Perry Mason, I love the way Perry Mason starts. He's not there in the beginning, usually not in mm-hmm. the first half of the show. It's sort of almost a film noir type of thing. Yeah. And it begins with characters you don't quite know what's going on, but you quickly see that someone is pretty awful (laughs) and is probably going to be murdered. Mm -hmm. That's It's another thing about Perry Mason is the person murdered is always someone you really don't care about. In fact, you are led to not like at all. Yes. So there's no real sacrifice there. But then that person who seems guilty, who's right there usually holding the gun or whatever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) is the one who either knows Perry Mason... And goes to him or knows someone who knows him. And that person is, of course, taken on by Mason and found to be whom he exonerates. Right. And Columbo's just doing his job. He's just doing his job. And he just knows, he intuits right away. I mean, how does he know? I always imagine that he knew people. Because so much of him
0: is about talking to everybody anybody who will talk to him. I love that. I think
1: that's true. He's just very engaged with the world, Mm -hmm. but he's also very, very humble, unless it is mock humility. I mean, I guess it is in some sense mock humility, which is the little bit that can get on my nerves. That's the thing that I love.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The thing that I love about Columbo is that so much of him is about softness and people seeing that as weakness but it's actually his greatest strength.
1: But it's softness that is a little bit hypocritical Mm -hmm. and I guess I find him menacing in a way I don't find. He's menacing because he's pretending to be know nothing and to be very humble and In the clouds and absent-minded, but he's Mm laser-focused on who's guilty and is relentless about it. You only really
0: see him do it with... Murderers.
1: With murderers, and so I feel less bad. But
0: he's also dealing with people who are manipulating him and trying to convince him, or or lying to him and saying, oh, I didn't do it because I was here or here or there.
1: And there's often a class element, I think, in Columbo where, you know, he's sort of schlubby and he's Mm -hmm. not, you know, he's certainly not rich. But the people that he interrogates and who are guilty are often very wealthy. Yes. I think that's interesting. Or climbing Mm -hmm. or pretentious or arrogant.
2: That's enough, Colombo. I'm tired of your accusations and your innuendos. All I'm trying to do is determine the facts. If you have anything to say to me, you say it through my attorney. Is that clear?
1: I don't know if I see that with Perry Mason. The few
0: episodes that I've watched... There does seem to be somewhat of a class element. There's something yeah. to be risked. There's money. There's divorces that will upend, you know, empires. Right, right. But there are also so many kind of people that are a part of this, like, ecosystem that yeah. also have stakes involved, which I think is really interesting. It's not just let's tear down the rich. Let's also look at this, like, ecosystem of how this power dissipates. That's could
1: really good. Be, there is an ecosystem. Yeah, there could be the wife. Yeah. Could be the mistress, Yeah. could also be you
0: the, know, the driver, the yeah. janitor. Like, right. all these people have something at stake. You know, it may be a
2: minority opinion, but I feel sorry for Karen Alder, the lonely alcoholic. She had to be drunk when she killed her husband. No, I think she was sober. And with a woman like Karen, that's far more deadly than drink. What made you suspect her? When Dr. Murray ruled out Agatha Alder's death as murder, that narrowed the suspect's. Oh, what about the beach comb? A blackmailer rarely kills the golden goose, unless it stops laying.
1: When the trial is going on, and it's not always a trial, there usually are close-ups of I think it's usually three people who are suspects. Mm -hmm. And one could be like the uh, driver and one could be the wife Mm -hmm. and one could be the mistress. And you get the close-ups and they have expressions on their face. (gasps) Um, And it's usually one of those people. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, the structure is very predictable.
0: Yeah. And it's often the most kind of pathetic person within that narrative. That's right. Like
1: the most put
0: upon person that is... Exploited. The victim, exploited, yeah, as opposed to somebody else that might be on their level. Right. So then
1: you always feel some degree of identification and feeling for that person. And
0: that justice is being served.
1: Yes. Well, that's where I think Perry Mason appeals to me as a sort of godlike figure. Mm. I like the fact that he does seem to always have the right answers and he has a certain authoritative presence. Justice embodied that he understands justice and understands that this person could not have done this because he understands that this is someone with good character. Mm -hmm. And even if there might have been some involvement, it had to do with extenuating circumstances that he understands but I guess I like that notion, that godlike <laughs> position that somebody knows what's right <laughs> and what's wrong. Yeah. And he'll bend the law in order to achieve the results that he wants.
0: So I was going to ask you about that. Does yeah. that, that also
1: comforts you that he is willing to bend and yeah, play? Yeah, I like that because I know that he's infallible. Mm-hmm. Now, having just taught Plato's Republic, (laughs) um, I will say that, you know, that's what Socrates is aiming for when he describes this ideal state, Mm. a philosopher king who will make all the judgments because he'll be able to see the truth. He'll mm-hmm. be able to go outside the cave and see what's really true where everybody else is benighted. And I think Perry Mason is like a philosopher king, mm-hmm. although you don't see him philosophize. But yeah. Tragg is the necessary resistance yeah. that you need, as is Hamilton Berger in the courtroom.
2: <laughs> oh, Your Honor, I object. That's incompetent, irrelevant, and immaterial. It's also improper cross-examination. Sustained.
1: The courtroom always... Kicks in mm-hmm. around the middle of the show, and we're now in court with Hamilton Berger as the prosecutor. <laughs> oh, poor, poor guy, guy. <laughs> you know, and he's always smug. <laughs> he should learn that he's always going to lose. I know. I he don't I, He has such an attitude when, I like Barry
0: Mason comes in. It's like how many times do you have to lose to this guy to realize maybe that's it. It's just you're like, ah, not him. <laughs> I'm always going to lose.
2: Mr. Street. Did you give to Mr. Perry Mason any envelope that you received at 1427 Crane Avenue? Objected to as assuming facts not in evidence. The court has already ruled that any evidence as to anything Miss street might have received on the day in question is incompetent, irrelevant, and immaterial, unless the prosecutor first has connected it with this case. Sustained.
0: You know, like Camus, you have to imagine Sisyphus happy. It's just...
1: just (laughs) <laughs> Not gonna happen for you. Yes. And and I guess there is something heroic about Hamilton Berger yeah. continuing to prosecute. You know, <laughs> that's the system. Yeah. And he will always do it and always think that he's on the verge of succeeding, but never succeeding. Never. <laughs> Hey, it's your mom. I have a question about that podcast you do. Are you on the Instagram or the Twitter or the Facebook? You know, like if I have an idea for a podcast, how do I get in touch with you? Love you. Bye.
0: Sup, mom? Uh, yeah. So you can find us on all those things, actually. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just go to Pod on any one of those and follow. If you want to send us ideas, you can either go over to our website and leave us a message at PopQ Podcast, or you can get us directly at popq at drexel.edu. You can actually find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, I can help set it up when I get home, but then you have to promise me to rate and review. All right, love you. Bye.
1: actually enjoy solving the mysteries a little bit i will say i do like mysteries and i have read the earl stanley gardner books Mm -hmm. not all of them but some of them on which this series is based which were written in the 30s and earl stanley gardner was an attorney first and then he wrote these books and they're quite complicated I have to say. They're hard to follow. I mean, I love Nero Wolfe mysteries, Mm -hmm. which were written, well, at least they began being written around the same time, but they're not plot-driven in the same way, and they don't have these convoluted, lawyerly elements to Mm -hmm. them. But sometimes the Perry Mason shows are directly based on these novels. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they're inspired by the novels. But the Perry Mason episodes can sometimes be quite complicated Mm -hmm. and hard to follow. You just sort of go along with it and figure you don't really understand what's going on but, see, Perry will let you know. Yeah, Perry will let you know. Or, you know, you just like seeing the characters interact and the person found guilty at the end is fun to see. But there are times when I can follow it, and I think this is probably who did it mm. and can be sometimes right. <laughs> Do you have a percentage? Like, do you? Uh, no, I haven't really. <laughs> you haven't I haven't it? watched it with that degree of precision. <laughs> 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 no, I will say that there are many nights, and there are even full weeks where I might go every night. Where around ten o'clock, I'll say to my husband, "Let's watch Perry Mason," mm. and we will sit down and watch an episode of Perry Mason, and then I'll go to bed. And it's like a good thing to watch before mm. I go to bed. It just has a nice calming effect. Yeah,
0: I think it's nice that it, when things wrap up. I think to go to bed when things are like easily like packaged, put together, because that's not the way the world exists. Like I feel like all my packages are unwrapped by the end of the day. So to have something that is clear cut, mystery solved, must feel really nice. I like like that. And I like
1: seeing those those three characters are very... Appealing. Mm -hmm. I just like the way they interact. It's funny how asexual Perry Mason and Della Street are, even though they're always together Mm -hmm. and they're always like going out to dinner Mm -hmm. and they're always seen as a couple, Mm -hmm. but there is no romantic involvement. Della, Mm. hey,
2: come on, girl. It's midnight. Time you quit working. Midnight? Why don't we just stay till tomorrow? Union rules? Now come on, rise and shine. Mm.
1: Earl Stanley Gardner did not want Perry Mason sullied by any kind of romantic involvement or personal story. You know nothing about his personal life, nor do you, for that matter, about Columbo, Peter Falk's character. But he Um, always uses his wife instrumentally in the conversation in some way. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, he and Perry Mason are both opaque characters. Yes. And that is intriguing. And you project what you want, but you're not given very much. Which is,
0: I think, compelling as humans when you're like,
1: I want to figure you out.
2: Tonight starring Peter Falk as Columbo.
0: I don't know how much of it is rooted in Columbo and how much of it is rooted in I really like watching Peter Falk play Columbo Uh because I think he is having the most fun. Yeah. And I think that especially when the original writers Levinson and Link leave and Peter Falk becomes – probably the controlling force of the show is that
1: so how many seasons was it on do you have any idea a lot i think so the first seasons are like 1971 or two and then the last episode is 2003 so that's interesting i think it started around the time that perry mason at least the original series mm-hmm. i think he came back with some movies and iron and uh-huh. they- I think it began in 57, and then I think ended in the early 70s or the late 60s. So there's a continuum there that maybe reflects the culture and its changes.
2: This is my secretary, Della Street, Miss... um... Chilain, Frances Chilain. Hello. Uh, Miss Street uh, likes to maintain an air of formality in the office. Things like appointments. I haven't time for appointments, Mr. Mason. I
1: need help. I'm being cheated out of a fortune. In a way, Perry Mason and his team are very 1950s, early 60s style people, Mm -hmm. right? In their configuration, he is the patriarch, Mm -hmm. the secretary, you know, is there as the helpmate. And then there's the sort of man about town detective. And that's very set. And Columbo is more of an individual and more slippery and changeable and all (laughs) of that, which maybe is more 70s. 80s. Totally, because
0: I as you were talking, I was thinking about the shift from like Humphrey Bogart as Philip Marlowe to
1: Elliot Gould. Oh wow. As what Philip a diff- Marlowe. I didn't, I didn't even know, know what I mean. Elliot Gould played Philip yeah, Marlowe. Yeah, it's the long goodbye, right? And he's very much in the Columbo mold. Yeah.
2: Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares but me. You'll never learn. You're a born loser. Yeah, I even lost my cat.
0: The Long Goodbye is 1973, and he plays Philip Marlowe. So Hmm. I think that that shows the shift in terms of, one, the detective and what we are looking for a detective in that time, and also... The nostalgia for that scene, because all these people are watching Jean-Luc Godard films and they're using the Humphrey Bogart narrative, but also sad little men at the same time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not that Bogart or Raymond Burr are pompous, Mm-mm. but they are monolithic Characters in some ways that Elliot Gould and Peter Falk aren't.
0: There's little vulnerability. Yes, with Marlowe vulner- and, yeah. and Perry Mason, they have everything under control. Yes, I don't exactly. think Elliot Gould has ever had Nothing anything under, under control. control. And same thing with Peter Falk, right? Yeah. And Cassavetes and Gazara and all those like indie guys, they never have anything in control.
2: So I probed into its mysteries. Every clue told me a different story, but each had the same ending: murder.
0: I think that unlike a Philip Marlowe or central figure, that he has a team. And I think that's also that's really true. important. Yeah, is that He's not just the loner detective kind of able to control all of LA or whatever yeah, the purview yeah. is, that he has a very clear team that is very instrumental. They will travel to him in order to support.
1: And there's his a division of labor. Yeah. I mean, Paul is always sent out mm-hmm. to investigate. I mean, they're always available. Also, the thing about Barry Mason, <laughs> he gets a call and he'll go across the country. He'll go to another country if yeah. necessary to do what needs to be done. He has plenty of time. There's a tremendous sense of teamwork and solidarity. I just feel it in the actors that they like each other and will support each other. That may be part of what appeals to me.
0: Yeah, there's a feeling of mutual trust and camaraderie and camaraderie. Yeah,
2: that Chili's pretty hot, Paul. Don't worry about me. I'm no tourist. I was weaned on this stuff.
1: The first season, I believe there were 39 episodes. There's a lot of episodes. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, presumably Raymond Burr had to sleep sleep in the <laughs> studio some nights because the work was so relentless.
0: Yeah. Well, Columbo was not necessarily a television show as much as part of the movie of the week. So they were making mini movies that would have like commercial breaks in between The first episode directed by Steven Spielberg. Really?
1: Mm -hmm. Did he direct others?
0: He didn't, but he's referred to in another episode about (laughs) a boy genius who's building a robot. Uh-huh, and the character's name is Steve Spellberg, ha. <laughs> and it's right before Jaws, so I feel like oh. somebody must have been around hearing about this
1: one's director. I have to watch that first episode now, the interesting thing with Perry Mason is that he has these guest stars, often they're rising or they're falling.
0: I accidentally started with season four, episode one, yeah
1: Robert Redford, Robert Redford, that's right, yeah, baby,
0: baby, baby, Robert Redford. <laughs>
2: Hartley Bassett, isn't it? Sure. You see, honey, I told you there was nothing to worry about. Somebody beat me to it. It looks like he put up a little fight.
1: Yeah, so he was coming up, Mm -hmm. but then they have some stars from earlier, even the 20s and 30s, who are coming down, who are in various roles. And I think that's interesting, too.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing that I love about Columbo in particular is that, again, when Levinson and Link go and it becomes less about the validity of the mystery and more about Peter Falk, it really becomes like watching actors act. And so there are people who are coming up, and then there are people, like you said, coming down or Mm -hmm. have been in the industry for a long time. One of the kind of favorite episodes has John Cassavetes, who Mm. has these amazing back and forths with Peter Falk. You
2: know, Lieutenant, you're really a cocky fellow. You're very sure of this, aren't you? I think that there is a very distinct possibility of murder in this case, yes. I think there's a possibility, but I don't think it's distinct. Suppose the murderer in this case was a friend of hers. Suppose the murderer in this case was a man who had access to our house, came, and went whenever he wanted to. Promise me you'll think about it. When you come up with the correct answer, you'll let me know. I'm gonna take a nap now. Blythe Danner is
0: also
1: in that. Episode oh, really?
0: As John Cassavetes' wife, which is just such a yeah. weird triangle. Now,
1: Cassavetes is mostly a director, right? Yes. Yeah. So and I He did these sort of avant-garde films during that period. Yes. Yeah. 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 Although, is he a- guilty? Is he the guilty? Of course he, he is. is. Okay.
0: <laughs> of course he is. It's like Law and Order, where the most famous person is is definitely the one. Yeah, who that's did true. It. On
1: Perry Mason yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting cuz sometimes when I watch these long form limited series as they're called mm-hmm. I can binge watch mm-hmm. if I have the time and you know there's a cliffhanger and you just yeah. want to know what comes next but the beauty of Perry Mason I guess Columbo too is it gets wrapped up so nicely that you can go to bed Yeah <laughs> you know
0: Yeah you don't have to spend nights yeah. wondering what the next scene You know is I or just realized
1: something about these new shows the limited series which can be very long, mm-hmm. or even multi-seasonal, are sort of like long-form TikTok. Because with <laughs> TikTok, too, you could go on for, till 3 in the morning. Yes. And things don't get wrapped up ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that maybe the nature of our culture now is we don't believe in wrapping things up. Just chaos. Yeah. <laughs> or just the next signifier, mm-hmm. you know, the going on to the next, the next, the next. Yeah. And no closure. Yeah. I think
0: that the market these days, you have to keep people interested. And I think the only way people are truly interested is if there's nothing that's wrapped up. They're constantly kind of left to go to the next wanting. Mm -hmm. And
1: yeah, I don't know what that means about our relationship to each other and to the culture, Mm -hmm. if that's healthy or not. You know, there is something nice about being able to turn off the television, Yeah, you know, and say, well, I'm satisfied.
0: For both Columbo and Perry Mason, so much of it is about the joy of the process, Mm. not necessarily the success of figuring something out or like, I did it, I solved it. Perry Mason solves it, lets you know, but that's not Mm. really the pleasure of that. And same thing with Columbo. It's not, oh, he did it and that's like the success. So much of the pleasure for me is the procedural element, which should in theory be boring, but is so compelling to watch. I think that's absolutely
1: right.
2: You mean just by dialing like a phone number, that letter will come out across the street or on the other side of the world in seconds? It's not the same letter, it's an exact copy of that letter a facsimile. A facsimile? A fax? Now I'm getting the hang of this thing.
1: Both these actors have a personality that's compelling, mm-hmm. and you want to follow them. You want to immerse yourself in their method. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even matter what's going on. And you have a certain formulaic quality that's
2: comforting. I interrupting something?
1: No, just a suit involving $8 million. Now, which of you two handsome gentlemen is going to take me to dinner?
2: Uh, just not call it very. the uh, heads. Well, we both win.
1: Do you think these shows would appeal if they were watched by our students? I think that the
0: reason I started watching Columbo in the first place was that, one, it was a pandemic, and I thought, why not? But two, there were a lot of people who were young watching this show, and I was like, what is it that people who did not come of age in the 70s getting out of this. Mm. And I do think that students
1: would appreciate something being wrapped up in a bow. You're right, though, that they're available, which is revolutionary when you think about it, going mm-hmm. back to my childhood, the fact that you can access these things so easily. Mm-hmm. The thing is, our students tend to be very wrapped up in the present and mm-hmm. in what's new. And so, although some of them are interested in digging back, I think... They would have to be directed i think they would love it yeah i mean they're so bombarded with media that i don't know if they have the time or energy to go back to some of these things which are available and which they would like
0: I have one thing left to ask of you.
1: How would you describe Perry Mason to somebody? A figure, an infallible figure of justice with a team that works flawlessly to affect the right end. That's why you're a writer. You're so good at coming up with the right words to put together. I think I could do better with time, but that's good <laughs> enough. Yeah, we could talk forever. Oh, for sure. Yes, but this has been so pleasurable. A great yeah. conversation. I think we wandered to many good places. Of course, yeah. And I hope this will inspire people to watch both shows. Me too. I think we've made some good arguments and cases for both of our people. Great. Thanks, Thank Paula. you.
0: Pop! The question was researched and hosted by Dr. Melinda Lewis. Our theme music and episodes are produced by Brian Cantoric with additional audio production by Noah Levine. All of this was done under the directorship of Erica Levy-Zellinger, the deanship of Dr. Paula Morans cohen and the Panoni Honors College at Drexel University.
2: I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But are we talking about? Practice, man. What are we talking about?